Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today on My Millennial Money, we complete our third installment of Chicks Killing It. John and I, we're in ANZ Tower and we're chatting with the Deputy CEO of ANZ Bank, Alexis George. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. Are you ready for this interview? Pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's coming in in two minutes. So let's um, let's just say hi to everybody. Um, this is the third part series of Chicks Killing It. Our first Chicks Killing It was Floozy Coffee Roasters. Yep. Have a listen to that. They're chicks. They're killing it. They're making coffee mm. in a very unique way. Second part was uh, Lauren from Common Circus. She's got a homeware store that uses. Uh, coffee and a bit of a cafe draw card and yes. that's very unique and today John and I again we are chatting with the Deputy CEO of ANZ Bank Melbourne you came from Melbourne oh, I love Melbourne as you know I'm a Victorian oh, so uh, I always forget I'm, that I'm going home you're going home so we're sending John home on Thursday the 20th of June yes and if you want to get tickets jump onto Instagram uh, book the tickets it's under $30 uh, we're going to talk about, um, well, we don't know yet. We're going to do a live episode. <laughs> yep. I've actually booked a guy. He talks about um, behavioral investing mm. and the behaviors behind that stuff. So, yes. he's going to be our special guest. I actually forget his name off the top of my head. Ted. Ted. Mm. Ted. Yeah. So, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then we'll spend an hour doing a bit of money teaching uh, because when you register, you can actually put what your biggest pain point is at the moment. Yep. So, it might Tell be... Us might be property, might be shares, whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, come along, say hi, meet us. So that's in Melbourne. So grab your tickets today. What have you learned from the chicks that are killing it, John? Well, they're just out there ripping in, aren't they? I, the thing that I, I've noticed with both of them so far is that they just um, throw caution to the wind. With One probably with more calculated risk than the other, but have ended up in the same place in the sense that they've just got out there and done it yeah. and not um, not sat back and, and waited for it to happen. Yeah. And I, I would say like all of you like who have messaged me on Instagram and to Lauren at Common Circus and the girls up at Floozy, everyone just loved those interviews. They were mm. so inspired. But I think the biggest thing for me that I learned from these women was if you say no and shut that door, I'm going to put my freaking boot through it yeah. and go through there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just not not give up, right, yeah. until you get that result and knowing what that result because is. Because I can kick that door down because you said no, because mm. I've got a passion so deep that you don't even get it. Yeah. Would you use your Aaron Williams to kick him down? Would. <laughs> the pointy toe would get it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's nah, that's kind of what I've learned. So Hats off for them. And, and for the listeners, it's like, well, it's inspiring because – I they were there once, yes. so I love reading autobiographies because I get a feel for well, what were they like when they were my age or growing up, or how how were they wired? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Anyway, Lexus is about to walk in, so right, let's, let's do this. organize this chat. All right. 
Welcome to My Millennial Money. You're listening to our three-part series, Chicks Killing It, where we highlight women who are killing it in their career. Part three. So thank you so much, Alexis, for joining us today on My Millennial Money. And no problem. You will be in the ears of thousands of young women who are after all the advice and encouragement they can get, how to kill it in their career, uh, coming from one chick to another. <laughs> I know. I tell you, when I listened to your podcast this morning, I thought, am I still a chick? <laughs> I don't mind that. I don't yeah. mind being called a chick. Yeah. Some of them could be gunning for her position in a few years. That's right. Go for it. I yeah. say bring it on. And it's important for the ANZ marketing team that we tell them after the fact that we've done this, not yes. we don't ask yeah. for permission. We no. just do it. Well, they just came up and said, do you think we should come up and listen? And I said, that'd be a no. No. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. I, I actually I did some work with ANZ and One Path for yeah, you've that been promo, in videos. and I was talking about uh, insurance. Yeah. And yeah, the the marketing team were there and basically had to filter. Did they? Well, it's brand reputation and yeah, whatnot, and you don't want old Glenn James being loose with a microphone, <laughs> do you? No. So just remember that, Glenn James. So, I am, you know, I have responsibilities you do, in this organisation. You, you do. So, Alexis, you are the deputy CEO of ANZ Bank. Shane Elliott, your CEO, uh, when you got the role, said, being able to talk to somebody who comes at it from a different angle is incredibly valuable in these types of roles. She brings, frankly, a different perspective and has a different background than I do. So, if I can jump in there, what is your role in terms of your relationship with the CEO, Shane Elliott? Oh, that's a tough question, isn't it? Yeah. I sometimes think, and I say to him, firstly, I love working with Shane Elliott. He's amazing. And I think the way we've tried to change our organisation under his leadership is important. But I kind of think I'm the person that has to tell him things that, you know, not everyone would be prepared to. Sure. Um because as a leader of an organisation like ANZ, not everyone's going to be completely upfront with you. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's the kind of relationship we have. It's very open. It's very transparent. I can call him any time of the night or, or day and do occasionally and <laughs> vice versa. And, you know, I really like that kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. So, so when, I, when I first started um, teaching, we had a principal and a deputy principal. Now, the deputy principal, he, he or she was responsible for all the naughty kids and, and dealing with all the drama going on. Is, is that your equivalent in the, in the ANZ Bank? Yeah, that's probably a reasonable I, description I, of I, it. <laughs> The only time I see Lex on TV is when she's in front of the politicians. Thank you very much. And you only see the back of my head (laughs) typically. And I like the fact that it's all focused on Shane and I'm very happy being his sidekick and the numbers woman. Did you ever watch House of Cards? Yes, I watch House of Cards all the time. Are you like Claire Underwood? No. Just getting things done. I'm still still watching the last series because I get angry with it and I can't watch it all and then I'll put it away for three months and come back. Yeah. to it but um no, i'm not sure if she's good or bad i've no. never really figured it out yeah i think you need to watch the last season <laughs> and you'll make your own judgment on that <laughs> so what's your earliest memory about money oh 
I knew you were going to ask me a question yeah, that was the like only that. Question that I kind of put out to your PA. I know, and your... I thought, oh, I could say something really naff. Like I remember <laughs> when I got my first twenty cents pocket money and I put it in the piggy bank. But honestly, I'm too old to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so, in in all seriousness, this is the first time, and I think I had a really confronting thought about money. And I, I'm sure everyone can relate to this, but I'm 16 and a half, 17. And you know when you have to go into the career counsellor because you're just about to leave school and you all have to sit out there because they give you your obligatory seven minutes and you're supposed to come up with something really interesting. Now, what kid at 16 knows they're going to do for the rest of the no life one. is beyond me. No. But anyway, so I'm sitting there and I went to school in Bega, right? No. Not a thriving metropolis. And so I really wanted to be a doctor. So <laughs> I was sitting there and I thought, that is totally unrealistic. There's no way I can move to Sydney and afford to be in a five-year uni degree with no money, blah, blah, blah. And so I thought, I've got to be a bit more practical here. I need to work and put myself through uni. Yeah. That, that's honestly the first time I think I seriously thought about money mm. and how the it was going counselor. to yeah. impact my life. We were sitting outside the cruise yeah. counsellor and just realising that if I wanted to go to university, which I did, if I wanted to move to the city, which I did, I was going to have to help myself get there. So I guess from that young age, you had the practical wisdom to know that Yes, I can have a dream, Yeah, but it's not going to pay for itself. I need to put some structure and some, I don't know, some rigour around how to actually pay for that dream. I think that's completely right. I'm not sure I thought about it in such a mature way <laughs> yeah. at that age. At 16. But that, absolutely. And that, like when you said you're going to get asked this question, I thought back to it and I thought actually that was probably the moment I really thought about the importance of saving for what you want out of life. Yeah, that's great. So a lot of listeners out there might be doing something they don't enjoy or not mm. knowing really what they want to do for the next 30 years. You're saying that you wanted to move to the city and go to university, but you didn't really have a handle on what that was going to be no or way. what that looked like? No. And that's okay, right? Oh, I think it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I do have a 24-year-old daughter, so now everyone knows how old I am, but I have a 24-year-old daughter and she goes to me all the time and I go, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, for goodness sake, stop worrying about it, mum. If I yeah. don't like this, I'll just retrain and do the next thing. <laughs> yeah, so, you can pay the hex you know, bill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but as they say, you're going to have eight different careers yeah. in your life nowadays. So what's the point in, you know, yeah. just having a bit of a direction is yeah, fine. it's great. Absolutely. Uh, I've just got a couple of little housekeeping questions before we actually get into the proper interview. Um, did you know you were a bridal store in Adelaide? Yeah, I did. Yes. <laughs> Can <laughs> I tell brand. you how I know? Because yeah. hey, you're an advisor, right? This yeah. is how. Firstly, I lived in Adelaide for two years and I lived right around the corner from the Alexis George. It's a, it's a high-end yeah, shop yeah, as well. Yeah, it's very high-end. Yeah. And so I was at an advisor function in Adelaide once and I sat down in the f in the dinner, you know how we go to dinners, and yep. I sat down next to this woman, and she, you introduce yourself, and I said, "Hello, I'm Alexis George." And she looked at me, she goes, "Oh my god, I've always wanted to meet you. I'm wearing one of your dresses." Oh, that's great. <laughs> I don't think you are, but anyway, yeah, good. Yeah, just, so just I do checking. know that. So uh, there's also some pop star, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I think I don't. I don't know. I think. The name did sound yeah, the, familiar. The name sounded yeah. familiar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another question, uh, not a huge deal, but one of my ANZ accounts had a five dollar 
fee levied. Are you able to make a call and get that reversed for me? <laughs> Just if you'd like to send me your details off air, I'll look into that for you. <laughs> You're a politician. It's a great answer. So, no, but one thing I've, I've in in five minutes I've established that. You're a country girl and yes. you're very relatable and we could sit here for the next two hours having a nice conversation. John grew up in the country. And, oh. and you're, we're best friends already, right? Because <laughs> a deputy CEO of a big four could easily come across as, right, I've got a strict 20 minutes, I'm answering questions and I go again. I'm not getting that feel, are you? Claire? No, but uh, I'll be scared when Jackie comes in and drags her out. <laughs> <laughs> so two you should be scared yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. So I guess... We put it out to our listeners on Instagram not knowing who we're interviewing uh, and I talked about, you know, one of the – and I think legitimately you are probably one of the top female corporate leaders in Australia. Um, so Thank we're you. A little bit, Have you checked the status of that? No, I'm no. not one to do that. Uh, <laughs> but there are not many – high-profile female corporate oh, there's leaders. A few, there's a few out there who I admire enormously. Yeah, but, uh, mm. but that pool isn't a huge pool. Mm. We've got some questions from some young women about your career, money and life. Mm. But just to set the scene, when you did move up to the big smoke, between then and now, you were generally, uh, I guess, at fund management level for most of your career. Yeah. Um, so talk us through in a... I guess a oh couple of short minutes. Um, <laughs> what I've done. Yeah. Well, it's not exactly a linear line to where I sit today. Um, just in a couple of minutes, as I said, I had to start work. So I end up getting a cadetship with Deloitte. So where you've worked um, full-time for two years and went to university part-time and then you could go to university full-time for two years. So I had my degree in four years, a three-year degree. And did they pay for it at the time? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I hate to admit this, but education at university was free when I went it to was. university. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say just on that, like that cadetship, I think that's fantastic because it, it gets you into the workforce, gets your hands dirty before yeah. you've actually gone and studied something you might not even enjoy anyway. I think that's really right. And for me, I mean, I think oh, it was a great learning experience. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, I'm 17 years old. I was mm. 17 when I came to Sydney. I thought I was so wise. I was not. So for me, it was a really good way to transition into the next phase of my life. So really loved that. Um, and at the end of those four years, I know that this sounds so stupid in hindsight, but I won a prize, a couple of prizes at university and I got to go to lunch with the partners at Price Waterhouse, and they said, why don't you come over to Price Waterhouse?" So I thought... Oh, yeah, I'll just do that. Yeah. <laughs> so then I ended up working with Pricewaterhouse for six years, both in here and in London. So I went to London with oh, them great. also. Was your trade, for want of a better word, like accounting, actuarial studies, economics? Yeah. What? I did a Bachelor of Accounting and Computing Science. Um, it's really interesting you ask that. So I am a chartered accountant, right? The only thing I've never done in my life is be a CFO. It's the only thing I'm qualified yeah. to do. <laughs> But I'm a chartered accountant by trade. But at Price Waterhouse, whenever any opportunity came up, like they'd say, who wants to go and do training, as a comment into training for six months? I'll go, I'll do that. You know, who wants to go to London for six months? I'll have a go at that. And I stayed for three years. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, so I just think while I am a chartered accountant, I did a lot of different things within that in organisation and a really good experience for me. Yeah. And how long were you in London? Three years. Yeah. Three years. It's a funny story I can tell you about later. Yeah. But so, you know, at the end of those three years, when you're in those firms, it's a little different now. They come to you and they say, right, now you're on the partnership 
program where basically you know that means you're going to be watched for yeah. the next two years. And I was in London and I thought, I went home that night and I thought, but I don't want to be a partner. Yeah. <laughs> so I went back and I said, uh, thanks, but I'm, I'm leaving. And I took um, a year and a bit off and just backpack around with my girlfriend Perfect. in South right. America. So that, if you're a young lady listening and there is like young ladies, they message us all the time yeah. with, you know, do I study? Do I travel first? Do I invest? I mean, we kind of say, pack your bags, get out of here. Yeah. Um, and come back, you know, when you're 25 and then maybe look at your career. What would you, you say? You sort of did both, didn't you? I yes. just reckon we're all different, yeah, right? I good. don't think – I think for me travelling and, you know, backpacking around and I did it twice for nearly a year both times was a, an enormous part of what I am today. It was important for me. It matured me. It mm. opened my eyes. But I worked beforehand as well. Yeah, some yeah. people don't want to go straight into uni. I just think we're all different. We're all at different levels of maturity. We all have different views about what we want to do in the future. And, and if you don't know, go and take a year off and yeah. you know, figure the, it the out. The gold nugget I picked from that, though, was you had a can-do attitude always. You, you've uh, They said come across to Pricewaterhouse, you did it. They said go to London, you, you thought, yeah, why not? What have I got to lose? Like you had that, yeah, I'll put my hand up and, and do that and no doubt that's led you to further um, gains along the way. Because I of hope it. so. I mean, I think sometimes we get caught up in our head. Like, I always think, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. It's yeah. usually not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what we said in the last episode with Lauren from Common Circus. <laughs> like, it was that, we've got to take a risk. Mm. What, like, what the hell is going to happen? Nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I guess for me, like, even you sharing half of that story... Well, you didn't let me share anymore. No. <laughs> He's got a trade of doing I, this. Got, I get complaints all the time. Um, I only got to London. Yeah, because we're so interested. Yeah. Um, so what happened after London? <laughs> um, so I came back to Australia. And this, I mean, this is my real learnings in life. I came back to Australia. And actually, it was a bit of a recession in Australia at that point. And so the only place I could get a job, and it's, I'm not being funny, was BT. And... I started there as a senior manager in Pricewaterhouse and I started in BT with this grand title of portfolio accountant, which honestly was a reconciliations clerk. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what have I done? Um, so was that the early 90s? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was. And I remember a great friend of mine to this day, she said to me, because I was really upset, she said, look, there's two ways you can look at this and I lived by this advice all my life. She said, um, you, get, you need to get up and go because you'll destroy your reputation or you can become the best damn reconciliations clerk you can. Yeah. They're your only two choices. Yeah. So I became the best damn reconciliations <laughs> clerk I could. Yeah. And I spent 10 years with BT in lots of great roles and um, had some amazing times there. Perfect. And then after that, I'll cut a few jobs out. We don't <laughs> need to talk about some of those. Ended up in ING and um, then had the opportunity again to go overseas with my two kids, my one husband and my two dogs. And we went off to Prague for four and four and a half years. Wow. Yeah. And I was the CEO of Czech Republic and Slovakia. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> what an experience that would have been. Yeah. And then we thought, oh, it's tough. My, my daughter was doing the latter years at school and there wasn't much school 
there wasn't enough kids there. So we thought we have to go home and yep. we decided to come home. And then the opportunity came up to go to Hong Kong. So huh. we were sort of coming home and <laughs> just took a slight detour <laughs> into Hong Kong where we spent three years and then came back to Australia five years ago to, to work at ANZ. Yeah, perfect. Did you have to learn any other languages over there? Oh, Dobri Dan, Yaksimash. Now, I could speak... What's that, Slovakian? And that's Czech, yes. That's Czech. I understood a lot of Czech. My, I still sp- spoke like a six-year-old even when I left. <laughs> that's great. Not a terribly useful language in Australia. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was, when I was in Shanghai a couple of years ago, um, saying thank you, I was saying it, and then one of the tour guides came up to me and said, you are asking... Yeah, you were saying to the person, I need to wash. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've had those experiences. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we're now, because um, I think it was around 13, that 2013, that um, you landed ANZ. Yeah, been back in a, with ANZ for five and five and a half years. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Perfect. So, so you got headhunted from Hong Kong. Well, it wasn't quite like that. We <laughs> we were selling all the businesses um, in Asia and it was time to come home. I just yeah. wanted to come home. My daughter was going to go to uni here. My son was in school here and just started looking around for opportunities, to be honest. And, you know, um, ANZ came up, came met the people, liked the people and, and weirdly- just arrived. You know, we were talking before you we press record about you spend a lot of your time in Melbourne. You might go down twice a week, three mm-hmm. times a week, whatever that mm-hmm. is. So Melbourne's generally an AZ town, where Sydney's generally CBA town. Is that a fair statement? I don't regard it like that at all. <laughs> I didn't. ANZ I didn't know that. is I, an Australian, Australian brand. Institution. No. To censor me. Our um, head office happens to be in Melbourne, but many it? of our people are in Sydney, Perth, and, rural areas. And there's 40,000 staff-ish? Yeah, about 42,000. Yeah. So what's it like, um, I'm, I guess with technology now, as opposed to, you know, in the 90s, it would have been a different thing. Um, why would you need to go down to Melbourne for a face-to-face? Is that more... Um, seeing external stakeholders to the bank or just to eyeball. You're really getting into yeah. my diary here, <laughs> tell, aren't tell you? off the naughty kid um, in Melbourne. Yeah, like uh, what's the – like because I, I believe, yes, you, there's just yeah. a, a value of being face-to-face yeah, with people. Is. Well, firstly, I have a video conference sitting on my desk. I mean, you could use it – laptop but honestly if you're on it a lot and I use that every day to talk to people because I'm responsible for our offshore centres in India at Chengdu and uh, Manila as well so I do I use a video conference all the time but there is nothing as you said like face to face and sometimes that's necessary right if you're meeting with clients if you're talking to regulators um, you know, I've got a function down there. You, you can't do those by video yeah. conference. <laughs> Not yet. Can't hold. Still haven't yet. learned mm, yeah. to drink a glass of wine yeah. through the Here's machine. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's why I typically go. And I mean, relationships are important. I know we move in a different world where we all connect digitally, but there is nothing like a face-to-face conversation. Yeah, still, no, in my humble absolutely. opinion, absolutely, I agree. And even with our podcast, like. It's very rare that I'll do interviews over Skype or Zoom or anything like yeah. that. And because if I haven't met somebody, mm. I need to be in the room to feel them 
and then I can just work out my cheeky meter, like how much I can prod. Or <laughs> so for me, it's very important. Um, it is. You get a feel. I've yeah. got you a feel do the get room. a feel. Like, yeah. Once yeah. you get to know the person, I think it's a lot easier to use video Absolutely. conference. And yeah. as I said, I do a lot through video conference. I'll be on it every day. Yeah. But um, there's still value in that. Yeah. Face-to-face. So mm. we might go straight into some listener questions mm-hmm. because I guess our podcast, it's not, you know, John and I just throwing information out there. It's kind of where the voice of our My Millennial Money community. So we'd like to involve as many listeners as possible. So I put some questions under the career type of banner. And the first one is from Alicia. She says, do you need an MBA or is it possible to learn, be promoted and have success just through experience? That's a good question. Actually, I was talking to some young people yesterday about careers. I don't have an MBA, by the way. I have a degree and I'm a chartered accountant and I've done a few other things. So I don't think MBAs are necessary. However, I do think continuous learning is necessary, like fundamental. And I usually walk the dogs every morning early because I get up early and I listen. I'm an avid consumer of podcasts like it's amazing today you can learn so much right through podcasts yeah. so every day i'll listen to something on ai or data the use of data the ethical use of data like really i don't think but you need to challenge yourself absolutely you need to be learning um you need to put yourself in situations where you feel a bit ill in the stomach because you mm. don't know what you're talking about I think that's more important or as important. I'm not saying doing education isn't important because I've always done a few extra courses, but I don't think it's necessary. But yeah. before earlier when I cut you off to ask a question, then John me, John cut me off from asking a question. <laughs> yeah, no, I, when do I get to cut yeah. you yeah. off? Right now. Right the, when Shane says hiring somebody like yourself, yeah, like a, a CEO might have a very linear career, you know, went from university into a cadetship program, they're a partner at the one firm forever and then they jump ship mm. and where you've got out there, you've got a sense of the land, the temperature of different environments and cultures. So I think it's just so valuable, that experience factor. And my personal gripe at the moment is sometimes in the current academic landscape, they're discounting a lot of the practical things. I think there's an element of truth in that. In fact, I was just talking to consultants. As I said, it's great to give advice, but then we want some people who have to actually practically apply it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So knowing how to get things done is really important. I think, I mean, personally, I have had formal education. I benefited from it. I think it's an important discipline. Yeah. But... But it doesn't end there. No. You've got to keep learning your yeah. whole life. Look at our world. It changes so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. There's two actually two Amy's, separate Amy's, asked the questions and they're similar. So I'll read both of the questions and then I'll throw to you. Amy one says, how much do you feel the socio-political context surrounding females in the workplace affected your journey to success? That's the first Amy. Mm. The second Amy, what barriers, if any, do you face being a female in your industry? <laughs> And oh, to Alexis. Oh, <laughs> you, can, you can have the floor for well, the next 15 International minutes. Women's Day a few weeks ago. Yeah. So it's um when I look back on my career, and I'm not I'm not gonna be funny about this, I think as a woman you did have to work a little bit harder and be a little bit better. Like, it is fact. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I've been lucky. I've had great sponsors who have really pushed me to the limits of what I think I'm capable of and I'll be eternally grateful to them. But you do have to work hard, be a little bit better and a little harder. I've also had a husband who's been incredibly supportive and took time off and looked after the kids much more than I ever did. So that's the first thing. And I just don't think it – and I was talking to a journalist on International Women's Day and they'll ask me for bad stories. And I just don't think that's productive. I'd prefer to look to the future. It's very clickbaity, isn't it? And what we need to do to change it. I have a son and a daughter. And as I constantly say, I do not want the, my daughter to have to work the way I did. She won't anyway, by the way, <laughs> because she's got very strong views about what's acceptable. Yeah. Um, in order to get a fair go. And that's why I think it is about the systems we have to change to ensure that women and men, because men demand different things now, get a fair go in the future. So, yeah, it's been harder and that's what I think we need to do. And also, you know, I would hope that I make sure that I do help young females through the workforce um, to, to achieve their potential, whatever that may be. I'm very cognizant that I have a responsibility in that role. And, but it is different. I think the world's changing with millennials, to be honest. They demand different things to people of my generation. And conversely, don't put up with crap. Don't put up with crap. Why shouldn't the, you know, there be shared duties in the house? Why can't the um, men as well as women take time off for child rearing or looking after parents? Yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that they... Demand yeah, I, I like. I always pull up people when they say, um, "Oh, are you? You know, if the father was, for example, at home looking after the kids or whatever, I'm like, oh, are you on yeah. babysitting duty tonight? I'm like, you don't babysit your own kids. Like, <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, um, typically. No, I get what you're saying. I'll, I've cooked dinner three times this week and it's only Thursday. <laughs> oh, so I'm feeling you right. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> this guy, this guy I have touched is. dinner this yeah. week. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it does come down to the, the culture of each individual organisation, doesn't it, yeah. from the top down, and that really drives how the, how women are seen or anyone's seen yeah. really. Yeah, and I guess, and that's why I believe, however small it is, John and I have a responsibility to our listeners now because there's close to 70% of them that are young women mm. under 30 um, that, you know, we are there to champion them, to encourage them, to give them access to quality individuals like yourself. And if one person that's on the outskirts of Tamworth this afternoon listening to this gets encouraged, who's a young female, well, we've done our bit. Mm. And um, Well, I mean, that's what I hope as well. I mean, that's why I want to do this. I've been very lucky to have the career I've had, to have the family I have. Um, I know it's not always easy. And if just one thing that I have said helps, yeah. great. Yeah, Go for absolutely. it. Absolutely. I guess as a flow-on question, uh, Laura, it's a slightly different tack. She said, in your career, have you actually received different treatment or opportunities than men? And if you've got something yep. front of mind, what would one of those examples be, good or bad? Well, I mean, I think we're in the era of the woman and bring it on, I say. Absolutely. <laughs> Someone said to me, um, how do you feel about the fact that you may be given a bit of preferential treatment? And I say... Great. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Bring I've it had on. to work really, really hard yeah. for 30 years. I'm happy to have one year where yeah. I might, might be able to step forward, yeah. um, you know, and is that a problem? No. 
I mean, let's be honest, you mentioned it at the start. We still don't have enough female CEOs in the country. We still have some boards without female board members on the stock exchange. We've got a long way to go. And we're just talking about gender. Diversity is much more than gender, right? So I passionately believe that we need to continue on this journey um, and we'll continue to fight for it. But I have had um, people say to me, you only got that job. Because you're a woman? Yeah. Really? I think that's their problem, not mine. Absolutely. Yeah. I have customers say that to me sometimes as well, some that aren't too happy with us. I, I, I have enough confidence in myself now to dismiss that and that's happened in the last few years. And you know what, social media can be harsh sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've definitely had that. I can't honestly think of an example in my past where I didn't feel I got the opportunity because um, I was a woman but I probably haven't thought hard enough, yeah. if yeah. I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, I'd rather look to the future but it, than, yeah, and it's probably than worry a, about the past. That's a reflection of your character more than anything else, isn't it? Like you can easily sit there and blame something external for, for something that hasn't gone right in your life, but you haven't, yeah. you've even, you haven't even thought well, we about all, it. And we all had disappointments. I mean, not everything turns out the way yeah. you want, right? But I just think there's no point in dwelling on it. Um, We'll just move on to money because we've probably got about 10 minutes. Um, they go fast, these minutes. Um, Sarah asks, what's the biggest learning of getting where you are today financially? Whatever that means. I don't know. Um, well, you and I had a conversation before and I know you probably don't expect this, but I'm a chronic worrier yeah. about retirement, like chronic I have this intense fear of retiring in poverty and I have a financial (laughs) advisor who shows me that it will be okay if I keep doing this. So I think that, to be honest, has been a big driver to me saving. Yeah, (laughs) the fear, Um, whatever works. And I know it's awful. I shouldn't have that fear because I'm actually reasonably good with managing money. I don't spend more than I earn, rule number one. (laughs) You'd have a lavish lifestyle, I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't spend more than I earn. I don't um, allow bad debt to to continue. And by bad debt, I mean debt that's not supported by an asset, a growing Mm -hmm. asset. Um, I think... All debt's not bad, by the way. And um, I do think You're about... You're a banker now. You're not in wealth management. She has to say that. That's right. <laughs> I do. Yeah. And I really do think about the future. And I'm not just saying this. The day that I got an advisor was the happiest day of my life. It was yeah. like... Help. Shifted and, the blame. But that's yeah. not good, right? You can't, you can't outsource that stuff. And I live and breathe this world. And I know it's my tendency to not look after myself personally, but I do... Yeah, manager. Can I ask Alexis, did you um, recruit the advisor in-house or did you go external? <laughs> it was well before, um, but it was someone that I used to work with right. yes, in yep. a previous life. Um, do you think by nature you're a spender or a saver? I, by nature, am a saver. Yep. I live by nature with a big spender. Yeah, and I was about to say that. What's, what's hubby? Is he at he home? calls me Mr. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I? No. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, I'm not extravagant. Like I don't, I'm not actually into things, to be honest, but I like holidays. Yeah. Well, M actually asked, how much do you spend on skincare bags or women's oh, okay. shopping stuff? You know. Well, I have expensive? a few weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> not about- clothes or stuff like yep. that. Honestly, I hate shopping and I'm not just saying that. Um, a Mother's Day, my daughter made me trawl around with her shopping for a couple of hours. Actually, it was quite fun, which I was surprised at because I didn't want to go. Yeah, but, the one-off. Uh, yeah, the one-off. 
These are my extravagances is lipsticks. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. What's your, not the most expensive thing going around. But it is because when I really have a bad day, I'll just rock down to Myra and buy yeah. a new lipstick. Really? Yeah. Wow. Does yeah. hubby work? Uh, he doesn't now. Oh. He hasn't worked for the last, he says 10, but I reckon it's longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> so we he, moved around well, a lot. Someone needed yeah. to be there He's for the children. He's a home Yeah, that's yeah. what he is. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. He is... He has learned to cook and he's learned to do cleaning and stuff like Great. that. Yeah, he's very good. And I guess, you know, what do you teach your own children, if they'll listen now, uh, about money? I think that's funny because I was having this um, conversation with my daughter on the weekend. She has a serious boyfriend now and we were ta- and she's a saver. Like she is a chronic saver. And it was funny because I was talking to her about a boyfriend and she said something about, his parents didn't talk to him about saving and so he hasn't been a big saver and mm. she's got him on a savings plan now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, I thought we – I didn't really think we talked about that so much but clearly we have because she's got it in her head that saving is important. Yeah, okay. Not Not – you know, because if you want to go on holiday, you have to save. If you want – well, now they're trying to look for a house. No, you have to save. It was quite funny that – there'd obviously been that influence that I wasn't always conscious of. Maybe indirect, like you yeah. you and your husband talking about it and them listening yeah. in occasionally. Well, she knows I'd have a chronic fear of retiring in poverty. Yeah, yeah. And how do you manage uh, conceptually your day-to-day money? Like um, if you go and buy the lipstick, are you mm. one that, you know, on credit card and that gets cleared every month to get the points or do, how do like conceptually yeah. how does the household manage money? Well, I mean, I'm lucky, right? I've worked for a long time and I'm at a different stage of my career when I don't have to watch every cent. I'm very lucky for that. Yeah. Uh, but I I really, credit card debt is not good debt. Yeah. Amen. It, it really. The deputy CRV No, it is not. Credit, Our credit yeah. card is always cleared. That's what I make sure my children do the same. Yeah. Great. And because I've had a, a, someone say to me, oh, I've been saving. And I'm like, oh, saving. I know this person really well. Do you have any credit card debt? Yes. Well, is the credit card debt bigger than your saving? Yes. We don't have savings, right? There's this weird concept that that's not real debt. It is real debt at a real interest rate. Yeah. So I don't – I think think that's important. turning a bit of a a full circle though? Yeah, it is. I um, mean, you look all the statistics, credit card – the use of credit cards is substantially on the decline. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing, right? No, and Australians are saving more at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Do you have access to the vault here at Pitt Street or not? <laughs> I don't even know where <laughs> the vault is. <laughs> I don't want to know either. Someone might take me away. <laughs> um, with your own personal money again, conceptually, with your financial advisor and um, your yeah. relationship with the advisor, your husband and uh, the household yeah. income, are you – like how complex is your wealth plan? Are we doing uh, properties? Are we just investing on inequity? Like how complex um, is your financial life? Do you keep it complex or try and keep it simple? I'd rather keep it simple, yeah. but I've lived in many different countries and when you live in many different countries, nothing is simple Yeah, because you get paid in those different countries yeah. and you could have um, certain equities in those different countries. Um 
I think keeping it simple so you can understand it honestly is the best way. And because I, even if you have a financial advisor, I do think it's important to understand what your money's, where your money is, what it's doing, um, what are you actually investing for, short term, long term, medium yeah. term. I think that's really important. Yeah. And as you said before, you can't outsource responsibility. No. That advisor there is to educate you enough yeah. to make your own decision to keep you on track, to keep you accountable. Keep you honest. And yeah, honest. Yeah. yeah. And and are you still the chief decision maker in all of that? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is great, I think, because yeah. some I'm not going to deny it, I am. Yeah. Some some big dogs um think that they can just outsource this now and let's let's get on with our life, mm. you know. Mm. Um so that's mm. great. And look, there's so many changes in our industry all the time around superannuation. I'm not an expert in every facet of that, but I know that question i can ask questions and you're right the financial advisor is an educator yeah Mm. i I tell people um if you see a financial advisor and you do not understand what they're saying you've got a big problem number one you need to stop and ask to for it to be explained to you so you can understand and make your own decision i've never sold an investment product an insurance product in my life i've educated how the products work and why they work and empowered my client to make that decision and I think it's just that buy-in and accountability as well. Well, I think – and that's that's what is a bit scary about people's relationship with money. They don't understand it, so therefore they don't deal with it. That's the biggest yeah, problem, the right? And, yeah. and, I mean, I think we need to get better about that education. Yeah. What? And we'll, we'll finish up. And for those listening, like there were probably over 100 questions that came in on Instagram – we haven't directly asked some of these that I've got written down because a lot of them were answered uh, with your career and and the family. And um, I think it's clear that, you know, your husband being the home economist that he is, um, managed the household, you know, kids to school, whatnot, while Mama Bear went out and... Um, Not all the time. We both worked when they were younger. I better say that because yes. he ever listens to this. <laughs> We shared responsibilities. Yes, exactly. Just in later years, yes. he took more of that role. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's clear to know because realistically, your life may be different or may ha- may have been different if you didn't have that rock at home. Not may have, absolutely would have. And people always say to me um, as they start to have a serious partner or think about children, whatever, what's your one piece of advice? And, you know, you can go, I can go on about, oh, you can have it all, blah, blah, blah. My one piece of advice, find a supportive partner if you want to have a career as well because it is impossible to do without that. And, the, you know, my partner has been incredibly supportive. We've always shared all responsibilities, home and work. Um, and I, those uh, women out there, and there are many of them today, that still try to work full-time and have all responsibilities in the house. I don't know how they do it. I know that I was constantly falling asleep with little kids. Yeah. And that's with shared duty, so it's hard. Mm. What do you do for fun? Um, I just – I mean, I told you before, I, I, people say that my chocolate Labrador is the biggest love of my life. <laughs> somebody – I actually saw somebody at the, an event last night and they said, ask Lex about her doggies. Oh, yeah. I love my Labrador. I'm in love with him They're and nice he's dogs, in love huh? with me. Yeah. No, so I walk every morning with them. That's mm. not – I don't know if it's fun, but it's my – Outlet. I, yeah, it's my outlet. And I have started playing golf with a group of girls, which oh, is nice. – Oh, great. It's a bit of a hit Mid-week? and giggle. 
<laughs> no, not people. <laughs> My husband said it's just gone for a gossip and I drag a, a bag of golf <laughs> sticks by. <laughs> you know, are you, are you sneaking out for a cheeky back night <laughs> before you hit the That's airport right. this afternoon? <laughs> I just can't believe how bad I am. How's your handicap going? Is it, uh, uh, is it going south? You know or? what? This is funny because I play with people in our industry as well and we, st- and we have a coach. We're, we're all pretty bad but we laugh about it. <laughs> and we had a coach and he told us that we had to score – and I'm really competitive, like really competitive. And we started scoring and it changed the whole dynamics. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Game just, on. No one's talking so to each other. And... We weren't going to score anymore. <laughs> and we just go back. I mean, we all know that I'm winning, yeah. but yeah. we don't actually <laughs> that's, score. That's fun because like if you're listening and you've got some girlfriends and you all want to get on board with savings, hey, have a competition between you all. That's, that's true. It's a bit of fun. Like. We're not going to be too serious, but yeah. can you send out to your group message, hey, let's all try and save five grand by the end of the year yeah. or whatever yeah. and keep each other accountable. Yeah. And I mean, we just launched these um, videos. I don't know if you've seen them yet. It's about millennials and we make a millennial try and live off the pension oh. for, a, for a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's hilarious. I couldn't do that. I love it. I made my kids watch it. Are they live at the moment? Oh, they're just about to come out. Yeah. And, What's um, that, like 23000 a year or something? Yeah, and yeah. it's very, very good, very fun. Like it's a funny kind How of video, but it's real. <laughs> it's real. Mark, I've got great yeah. marketing. Yeah. I've got heartburn thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's yeah, great. exactly. That's why we all need to save now. What, what are you specifically passionate about in your day-to-day? Well, for me... Firstly, the people that I work with, like there's nothing like seeing people develop and flourish and in in the workplace. That That's what makes us all come to work, let's be honest, who we work with, who we work for and who works for us. But secondly, I really believe in the importance about what we do, whether it's the banking or the wealth side, look what we do. We make people's dreams come true or you know, in the case of something like life insurance, we can't take away the grief or the illness, but we can protect, we can make sure they don't have to worry about finances. Like that is a special mm, thing yeah, to for do. Sure. I literally just completed yeah. a terminal illness claim and yeah. it just changes lives. Yeah. It does. And I can't make that person not sick. No. But I can allow them to focus on what they need to focus on, their family needs to focus on. That, I, I don't know. That's what makes yeah. me tick. Yeah. Mm, and yeah. the same if in banking, you know, allowing someone to buy a home that will make them better off the rest of their lives. Yeah. So, so the things that are happening at the cold face, you, you're passionate about. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I always say that whenever I have a bad day, go down and speak to the people who are talking to customers and make you feel a hell of a lot better yeah, about sure. why you're there every day. If you walked into a branch, to yeah. a lot of the staff out in Branchland, would they notice you? Do no. you think? No, because some of those people would just have a job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some, there's, I mean, of course, yeah, every, not yeah. everyone feels passionate yeah, yeah, about absolutely. their work. And that's, that's but, right. Um, not, I mean, I, I think you're right. Not everyone feels passionate about everything. But I think the people in the branch are some of the most passionate because they're at yeah. the cold face. Yeah. They're talking to the customers every so, day. So you're like undercover boss almost. Yeah, you go in there. Right. <laughs> I love going to the branches. It's yeah, my favourite we'll thing to do. let you go in two seconds before uh, Jackie comes in and um, smashes that door down. Well, she's not there yet, is she? I And this is... I was blown away the other day, full disclosure, I'm an ANZ customer. Mm-hmm. I had a phone call from my local branch small business manager, just a check-in the other day. Yeah. No and, ulterior. No. Just like, hey. And I didn't ask you to say that, no, right? 
Um, it just blew me away. And for one, like I've worked closely with ANZ over the last 10 years in mm. my business and I specifically notice a cultural difference yep. with your business. Well, I mean, that's – I mean, we're, we're getting really serious here and it's true. But, I mean, I think over the last few years, to be honest, before Royal Commission was even spoken about, we started on a cultural journey of understanding the world was changing and we need to change as well. Mm. And that's one thing I feel proud about working for this organisation. A lot of hard work to go, but cases like you just mentioned is where we need to be. And it, that type of stuff is the wow factor because I'm not expecting my local branch at Bato Bay, New South Wales, mm. to say, hey, Glenn, what's going on? And people don't always appreciate the value of something like that that takes literally a minute. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's right. And it's as you said, it's unexpected. Yeah. It has been unexpected of institutions like ours and we have to make it mm. more part of our um, DNA. Last question. There could be thousands of young women listening to this third part series, you know, from everything we've just chatted about and the episode that you got to listen with Lauren from Common Circus, so that Mm. theme that we're going on, what would you like to leave our young ladies with? Um, I think take the risk. Like seriously, take the risk. There's... Think about what the worst thing can happen. It'll never happen, by the way. The worst thing never happens. (laughs) Um, But as I said, there's times in my life when I've thought, oh, I don't think I can do that. So I didn't step forward. I've had great people who put their boot in the back of me and said, step forward, right? So just take the risk. Put your hand up. Have Mm. a go. And even would you say turning that up even to 11 not just with your career, with your studies, I, I, with your relationships, with your travel goals, with... With w- money as with well. Money. Yeah. If you don't understand, ask. What's going to happen? So you look stupid yeah. for 30 seconds. Yeah, perfect. I look stupid every day for more yeah. than 30 seconds, right? I, I look stupid every Tuesday when this podcast is released. <laughs> <laughs> and you know now, we have we have so many tools. You can learn everywhere. Absolutely. There's so many available. I guess, yeah, I always say it like... At this table here, on a human element, none of us are above anyone else. Like, we're all vulnerable to mistakes, we're vulnerable to our own insecurities, we're vulnerable to our own behaviours. Although we are on, like, the 45th floor here, we are pretty (laughs) high up. (laughs) So, it's starting to freak me out a bit. (laughs) You're right. We're all dispensable as well. So, don't start to believe your own publicity. That's my other thing. I know that was the last question, but I'm just going to ask another one. (laughs) Do you get do you get back to Bega and eat the cheese? I do. <laughs> I haven't been for a little while, but it's still got a lot of family there. Yeah. Probably half of Bega actually. Yeah, okay. cool. <laughs> As I always say, half Bega is my family and the other half of marriage to my so, family. So what's what's bigger to have come out of Bega, the cheese or Alexis oh, look, George? Cheese is big now. It's yeah. Vegemite, peanut butter, yeah. Bega cheese is everything now. Yeah. It's Love great. It. Thank you so much. Thanks, no Alexis. It's Thank been a pleasure. Thank you for talking to me. Mm. Bye. Hey, I know I crap on all the time about getting our foundations in place, but our personal protection plan is something you need to do today. I know many of our listeners have got this set up, but if you're one of them and haven't already, go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and I'll put you in touch with someone who can guide you through. Generally, there's no cost to have an initial chat. And if you're young, fit and healthy, you need to get this stuff in place today. If you've got a family and you're not covered, hey, what if you freaking died? 
I'm not messing around. You need to get insured. Do it. Do it now. And anyone that I refer you to will do it the same way that we teach and we talk about here. And that advice provider, wherever you are in Australia, are happy to have a complimentary discussion with you at no cost to see where you're at and see if they can help. So what have you got to lose? Have a chat today. Jump on to sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Well, I am very impressed. Flabbergasted. That was just... It's not every day you get to sit down with somebody who's running probably one of the biggest companies in mm. Australia. Oh, well, undoubtedly one of the biggest, right? Absolutely. Um, I mean, what have you got? The four banks, BHP and Rio. Like, yeah. Um, huge. I said this throughout the interview, but she's just so down to earth and and relaxed and approachable, right? Yeah. And I, it's funny. Can you actually get to those roles if you're not? Or is the thing, well, is the thing, John, we talked about culture in the interview. Mm. The culture of ANZ in my dealings has been on balance really amazing. Yeah. Um, working with them personally is, you know, in bank land mm. and also professionally um, in the financial planning space. Yeah. Um, you know, fish rots from the head. We know that. Yeah. But I guess the culture has been great and things are set from the top. Yeah, I know, but I, I've I've found that a lot of people in higher positions develop this um, this stigma around them, or this perceived ego, or something like that. That that um, perceived I'm better than you sort of type scenario, right? Now, for she hasn't changed the way she's been since she moved from Bega. That's what I'm reading. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But she must have this unbelievable drive from within and this killer instinct that's going to get her somewhere. That, that's that's what I took from it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I just think, um, you know, she's always had the time, like I've ran into her when I've been in Canberra, when she's been at Parliament House, at different events. Um, I'm just a nobody in this big mm. world. Mm. Always remembered me um, and it's just... I don't know. You just, yeah. it's a unique, it's a uniqueness about that woman. Was it when you started sending her birthday cards? I, think, said, yeah. <laughs> I, better, I better acknowledge this plug yeah, next time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go to the cops and put a restraining yeah. order on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I was, no, she was very impressive. I was thoroughly impressed with that. And mm. uh, we might actually think of another series um, at some point, you know, yeah. a three part series on profiling, you yeah. know, you know. That you know, anyway. we've had chicks that are killing it. We might do blokes that are bludging or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> you can interview me as uh, yeah. the first one. I wanted to do something different uh, in the Facebook group when I put out the welcome to the group. Mm. Um, I thought I'd do some shout outs. So, uh, shout out to Renee. She's in Brisbane. She's a manager in uh, Com Services, Community Services. I guess. Hey, Renee. Uh, Alan from Adelaide, he's in plant maintenance. Beautiful. Ooh, what up, Alan? Uh, Roslyn, what's that sage on it? I don't can't pronounce it. Euroa. Euroa. Yeah. Victoria. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she's an equine vet nurse. Yes, that's an interesting job. One of my boys wants to be one of those. Really? Loves pets and. So yeah. is that um, horses? <laughs> Yes, we had Daryl's song, we'd play it. But yeah. No, yes. no, I'll put it in post. Oh, yes, yeah, of course yeah, you will. Yeah, I'll do that. Yes, it is awesome. Yeah. Um, yes. So, shout out to Rosalind and Pat from Maitland, yeah. um, New South Wales. He's a primary school teacher. Yes. So Just influencing the kids yes. or the future one 
kid at a time. Absolutely. And then we've got a uh, a five-star review. So if you are listening on Apple and want to jump on, I would like to get it to five-star, but we're like, it's rounded down to 4.5. And if I look on iTunes, it's 4.7. Yeah. And the competitive nature in me just wants to get five. Yeah. We need point three. So if so, you are listening with Apple and I crap on a bit because Apple, you know, 60%, 70% of listeners to podcasts mm. listen on Apple. Yeah. Uh, so but it, it is us, coming down. It used to be like 85, 90%. So, was it? Yeah, yeah well, Android, uh, well, now, Android so users are taking over the world. Just as FYI, uh, watch your language or you'll be out of here. Um, <laughs> uh, so this five-star review on Apple by audiologist in training from Australia. A great start to those wanting to be more informed about finance. This podcast is a great place to start for those wanting to be more informed about their finance. Engaging and easy to understand, this podcast has transformed the way I look at money in my early 20s and has even eased my anxieties about hex debt and the Sydney property market. Highly recommended. So thank you to the audiologist in training. Yeah, thanks for the review. All right, John. I'm going down to DJs because I'm going to yeah. buy a um, I'm going to buy a new politics uh, blazer. Yeah. Well, it's the election too, so that's good timing. What, what do you mean? Politics. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Because you're so funny. It just yeah. It just goes over my head. It's I'm not natural. smart enough. Natural. Yeah. Thanks. All right. See, see you, guys. you guys next week. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on Get Help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Getter, Approach Limited, trading as Sort Your Money Out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 